Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Health Coach Lou, and you're listening to the Healthy Project Podcast. You're going to hear conversations from health professionals from around the world. We discuss mindset, diet, exercise, and the latest in health technology. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening. This is your host, Health Coach Lou. I have Dr. Susan Stukes-Camp. CEO and founder of Save a Life Integrative Wellness. Dr. Susan, thank you for coming. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here with you. You know, in the beginning, tell me a little bit about how you got started. You know, what what your, you know, what was your journey like? You know, tell us a little bit about Dr. Susan. Well, I'm I'm a third generation dentist. Went to Howard, graduated from Howard University. And I when I graduated from dental school, I had no idea that I would be on the path that I'm on, but I truly love what I'm doing. So I really, over the past, over 30 years, really totally focused on underserved communities and providing all different types of creative ways to bring health care to people who, who really deserve it and need it. So in addition to running um, portable dental programs for the homeless and for domestic violence survivors in the U.S., uh, treating migrant workers, running a dental program for maximum security prison, Sing Sing, if you're familiar with Sing Sing. Yes, I've worked with foster care children running programs to bring dental care to them. And then I spent quite a few years doing a lot of international work. So setting up mobile clinics, mainly in West Africa, but also in Haiti, in Jamaica, Central America, Belize, and setting up portable clinics, not just for dental, but all types of health services, partnering with ministries of health. So I have a, and and I was also in the military before all that stuff started. So I have a pretty good sense of creative ways that you can reach people. And I have a pretty good sense for the needs of of a wide range of the population here as well as abroad. Um, Personally, just in my uh, personal journey, I had a God sister. She was big into holistics years ago before all the fads with becoming vegetarian and all this kind of thing. She introduced me to the holistic world. And I kind of went along with her thinking it was sort of odd and weird, but it was interesting. (laughs) (laughs) uh, What happened was she, she ended up being diagnosed with cancer and was not able to access healthcare as she wanted to. She was, like I said, had embraced a holistic way of being and wanted to be treated that way and could not find the support she needed So that was on a personal level, the motivation for me to try to see how I could link together better different aspects of of healthcare and and try to make it easier for people. And I I guess it just went along with the journey that I'd had, which was finding ways to to creatively bring healthcare to folks and educate them, empower them. So I, I guess everything kind of came together. And I just love the work and still still doing what I do. I run a um, dental program now for a federally qualified health center 
in Philadelphia. So I'm still doing clinical dentistry and educating people where they really deserve to have quality care. But I'm also out there trying to find ways to link all these moving parts in the healthcare world together. That that's a, that's a whole lot you're doing there. <laughs> There's a whole lot going, <laughs> going on, but it's it's good work. I think it's it's important work too, Susan. That means it has to be done right. Somebody got to do it. You got that right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I know when we, we we first spoke, and I know you have a, a dental background, and we both kind of understand the importance of oral health when it comes to chronic disease. Can you kind of uh, break that down for us? And you know, wh- why why is someone's oral health so important, especially if they have chronic disease like type two diabetes or something like that? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what links all of it really is inflammation. So people tend to look at the mouth and focus just on the teeth, and and the, and the, to them the teeth are non living structures. So they they forget that the mouth is is the same as the rest of the body. It responds to positives and negatives, stress, hormones, nutrition, just like the rest of your body. But the connection really is is inflammation and these inflammatory markers that are produced when you don't have a balance of your good bacteria and your bad bacteria in the mouth, just like it would be in any other part of your body. If you have inflammation, if you if you don't have a balance of all your good and bad bacteria, you're going to have an overgrowth of bad stuff, which things like inflammation, it's going to throw everything off for you. Well, that's exactly what happens in the mouth. So these inflammatory markers, they have really um, identified them throughout the body. And, and, and the, the markers come from good and bad bacteria. And so there's been a lot of research which can connect up specific bacteria that might affect the heart, or they, they're showing even connections to Alzheimer's, asthma. But a big one that people study a lot is, is of course, diabetes. And, and really for diabetes, the connection is when the inflammation rises in the mouth, it's, it's, quite a, it's a, a bi-directional relationship in, in diabetes. So when you've got this bad bacteria in your mouth, First of all, a diabetic cannot fight off as another person. They cannot fight off inflammation uh, in a healthier way. So when you've got this bad bacteria building up, the body is not able to fight it off as it would if they didn't have diabetes. And then this inflammation starts to increase. And and they've tied it to becoming more insulin resistant. So this whole idea of the oral health and diabetes is is really really important really important because they they've shown just by small decreases in these this bad bacteria in the mouth which we we if you have a, a bad a bad case we would say periodontal disease but it could be mm-hmm. it may it may not show up at that level you may have undetected imbalances that are triggering you to have these problems so they have shown from research by just focusing on the oral hygiene, lowering that bad bacteria in the mouth, you can improve the A1Cs of diabetic patients. They're sh- yes, and they're showing that small changes in the A1C of a diabetic patient really leads to long-term 
reduction in serious complications like end-stage renal disease and things like that. So just all these little things coming together. And unfortunately, the mouth is just overlooked. And it's such a key part of managing in diabetes. It's it's such a key part of managing that person's wellness. And all these chronic illnesses, a lot of it has to do with this inflammation, these inflammatory markers that affect different parts of the body that are generated in the mouth. Right. Yep. So, well, you know, yeah. these are things that are so easy to manage. That's the, that's the sad part, you know, that I know and what, what I was going to say is, yeah. is that very easy to manage. People hate going to the dentist. I mean, that's, that's a, right. that's a real thing right. there. And, <laughs> and some people, you know, like I was telling you before, you know, until I started working in the clinical setting, I didn't really understand how connected they were. I'm not sure that a lot of patients are getting the information on why it's important that they're going to their dental appointment. You're right. Exactly. And and that's really why I've been so committed to breaking down some of those barriers so that patients do get the information. Because really, a lot of dental care doesn't occur in the dental office. Like, you're only really, even if you're a great dental patient, you're only supposed to sit in my chair twice a year, you know? Right. So the majority of what happens in your mouth is in the control of the patient, but they, a lot of them don't have the information. And they that's where this whole integration of oral health with primary health care is so important because you do have people who are afraid to go, but if they were provided a little more information than they're given, it it might make a big difference. You have the fear factor, of course. You have people, especially as Mm -hmm. they get older, Medicare does not cover dental. So as patients reach that, 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 that 60 plus age, when you start to have things going wrong and diabetes is very common, may not be able to get to the dentist. So having other ways that they can be supported, their oral health be supported is really important. I'm glad you brought that up because that's why I really want to get the message out to non-dental health professionals that they can play a role in helping support the oral health of their patients. There are people like me out there also that can, can also be tied in to give them that support, but the health professional themselves can can play an important role. You know, what does that look like for, you know, a a health professional helping their their patient with their with their oral health? Mm-hmm. Well, there's there's a lot of different, you know, levels that they can integrate oral health. Uh, a lot of people think it means something really complicated, but you know, oral health a lot of it has to do with education. So it doesn't have to be that they have to be in there uh, digging around, of course, is what we're not expecting them right. to do. But right. the, the things such as uh, assessing the patient, those are some of the things that I, I do share when I do presentations, how they can assess the patient very quickly, their, their smile factors, you know? So the basic assessment of that patient, getting a little comfortable looking in the mouth, because for a lot of health providers, they don't look in the mouth at all. But just 
first understanding it's important and you are going to be helping your patient and you might be helping their overall outcomes based on what their conditions are, beginning to get a little comfortable looking in the mouth and noting those things. Then after that is going to be, of course, establishing better relationships with oral health specialists in your in their communities. That's another barrier in healthcare, and not just for oral health, but for everything because of the silos, the, the way our system is set up. And oral health is really over, really way over on the side somewhere. All of us have to take an initiative to start to reach out and establish relationships so that when we do identify a patient that's early diagnosed with prediabetes, let's say, or diabetes, you are able to then hand them off to an oral health person or an oral health coach, but with a little bit of information that they can become comfortable with sharing. What the physician shares with the patient is really, really important. You know, for a lot of, for I know my mother, if the doctor didn't tell her, it just didn't happen, you know? Yeah, but absolutely. If, they, if their provider says, look, this is really key to you managing your diabetes, I really need you to, you know, to do this and, and why, they're more likely to take that step. And if they have, uh, relationships with with health professionals like myself, they can reach out also and give them a little bit more information and encourage them. Now, you mentioned people are afraid to go to the dentist, but, but like I was saying, a lot of things don't happen in the dental chair. They happen at home. They happen um, around the dinner table, what they're eating, what their lifestyle is like you know, stresses, all these types the medications they take. Mm, There's a lot yeah. of medications now that give you dry mouth. And dry mouth sets you up for a lot of problems in the mouth. So there's a lot of things like that that can be, uh, once the healthcare provider is just educated to some of those linkages, hopefully they'll become a little more comfortable having this brief conversation and then also having some tools that they know, okay, in my arsenal, I know I I can re, I can refer them to Doctor So and So, or there's a there's a health coach, you know, that can can back me up and give them that educational support they need. Let's say if they don't have dental insurance, so that's on the low end. Now, you've got some offices that have gone all out who have dentists actually inserted in their practices. You have, um, of course, with all the virtual stuff now, there are softwares that can be used where the dentist actually doesn't even have to be in that office. They might send a hygienist out. And Mm -hmm. then virtually or remotely, the dentist is supervising the hygienist. So that's on the high end for people who, you know, are really just going to jump in the deep end. But I like to tell people that really basic, simple things, you getting comfortable first accepting and embracing, like I have to do this. This is important for my patient. So I have to, I have to remember. And I and I can go through things with people to share. So they have like some quick reminders. I call it smile, my smile protocol. And, you know, S meaning S is for surveying the person's face when they come in. You know, is it 
Do you see anything that's asymmetrical, which could be signs of swelling, which could be signs of abuse, could be signs of skeletal issues, you know, and then M is now your next step is going to be a brief look in the mouth and seeing what you see, which will tell, tell, tell a a huge story. You're going to be looking for inflammation, which shows up as a lot of times loose teeth, but, but there's other things that show up. And then you're going to be able to educate that person a little bit about what you see, the, the importance of them now taking the next step to incorporate the oral health to their, their care plan. And then they will have some, you know, with collaborations, they can start to have those relationships where they could say, just like they refer to the cardiologist or, you know, all the other specialists, they will have that comfort to know this is what I have to do. Right. I have I have a cousin, she's family medicine physician, and I reached out to her and she said, I know, I, and a lot of physicians say the same thing. I know it's important, but I, I just don't know, you know, how to how to go about it, like you were asking. And she said, I know I need to include it in my care plan, but I just I just don't know how. So I really have been focused on giving them that how to take those first steps to integrate at that low level. Right. And I think that you had kind of briefly touched on it earlier, but having that person, you know, just kind of touch base in between just to, just to keep in contact with the patient, you know, cause there are times where, you know, I may, I may reach out to patients that haven't had a dental checkup in, I don't know, a year or six months or however long they need to in between mm-hmm. time. And maybe their doctor did say, Hey, you need a dental exam. Cause you're, you know, and X, Y, Z, this is why it's important. They had nobody to check in with them. And maybe right. the doctor didn't say it. Maybe the doctor didn't make it seem like it was a big deal. They just kind of brought it up and they're like, well, doctor, it seemed like it was that big of a deal. Not, not do it, not go. Because like you said, people don't think of the teeth as a thing. I, it's just so right. funny when you said that because like, it's, it's true. Like people yeah. don't think of their teeth the same way they think of, themselves when they look in the mirror someone may look at themselves in the mirror like okay i need to lose weight because you know i have a little bit of fat here and there and they want to work on that but no one looks at their teeth and and they're like to eat better or do or go to my dentist or you know consult with the hygienist because of whatever no one really thinks that way Mm -mm. you know what they think are my teeth wide enough are they straight enough that's what they think Yep. And, you know, we, I'll have patients that come in and I'm saying to them, your teeth are waving in the breeze. I won't say it like that, Corey. I won't say it that way. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, I'll just say, dang. You know, I won't, I won't say it that way. But, you know, they're just, you know, patients are just misinformed. And they're bombarded with all this stuff, how, you know, how white my teeth are, you know, how straight they are. And that's that's important, but if you're if you've got gum disease or cavities everywhere, you know, then it just shows what the priority is because people just don't know the importance, and they're bombarded with whitening and you know smile direct and all these things to get your teeth straight. But I explained to them if you don't have a good foundation, that your teeth what what good is the other white teeth, but 
this is what people, this is how, you know, they're marketing directly to patients about whitening and straightening their teeth. And they don't understand, no one has talked to them about what's really important. And I have so many patients that, you know, when I see them, they, they, they've had, they've lived with diabetes or other chronic illnesses, um, autoimmune diseases. They've lived with them for a long time. And when they come to me, their teeth are really, you know, the, 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 the tissues and the bone is really in bad shape. And I'll start explaining to them, you know, what they have to do. You have to brush and floss, but you got, you know, you got to add the right nutrients into you, in, into your body. You know, you've got to, you got, your gut has to be healthy for you to have a healthy mouth. You, all the things I start explaining yeah. and they'll say, I, I wish somebody would have told me this. So they don't have the information and they, and they, and they're being misled to think, you know, it's just the, my teeth being white and straight, unfortunately, but the, but the mouth is, it responds just like any other part of your body. If you get stressed, some people, some people will, their mouths will dry up because the hormonal changes of the body affects the saliva. Um, Anything that happens in our environment that affects the rest of our body is going to show up in our mouth. There was a research they did, and I, I don't know how, I can't remember all the details of it, but what it showed was when you eat, because see, the teeth are live. They have blood supply, nerve supply, and of course, the rest of the mouth, of course, you know, your, your, all your tissues are living, but the teeth are living. And they, it showed that as you eat, and nutrients are taken into your cells, it mm-hmm. showed the nutrients being taken up into the your teeth as well. So as you're eating, you're, you're feeding your whole body, including your teeth, you know, but the wow. teeth are so strong. Yeah, the teeth are so strong. People get the sense that they're just, they're not living, but they are living. They're living just like the rest of the structures of your mouth just like the rest of the structures of your mouth. And, and that's why lifestyle is, is so important to oral health. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you're stressed, yeah, you've got absolutely. people who grind their teeth and all like that. So it, all of it shows up. It all shows up in your mouth. You know, but you know, if, if, long, if you're not aware of it, you'll, you'll never know. No, and hopefully right. people start to be mindful of it before it's too late. You, you know what I mean? Like you, yeah. you, you hate for that to happen too. Well, yeah. Yeah. This is why I really would love to reach out to more, as I would say, non-dental health professionals, because if each of us is in this, on the same page, we can all pitch in there, wherever the patient accesses healthcare, this message could be something that's included, you know? And and in this way, we help to just raise the awareness of our patient. You know, and the other thing too is, because so much shows up in the mouth, Sometimes before the patient even knows uh, other things are going on, it's just really good for all the health professionals to note what they see in the mouth, just generally. Because take, for example, um, um, I had a patient, young man, he had beautiful teeth. He came in, no cavities, nothing. A year went by, he came in, I I said, oh, this is going to be, you know, a simple exam. He had cavities on just about all of his teeth because he had started using drugs. And so now with all the 
drug problems that our, our, you know, people are experiencing, that's another way that the health professional can key in to maybe an issue of their patient that they may not have been aware of that they might be able to help their patient get help. So things like that, if you noted each year when your patient comes for their checkup, you just quickly look in there and, you know, I can kind of coach you through how to make some notes. But if you look in their mouth every year and Mr. Jones comes and you note in their chart, good oral hygiene or whatever, you know, and the next year you see this decline, that's another trigger for you to say something else is going on with Mr. Jones. You know, maybe it's an opportunity for me to ask, how are you doing? Okay. You know, how's everything going? It just, it just gives that extra layer of information that we all should have if we want to treat the patient as, as a whole person. But that kind of thing are signs that, that really would be helpful to know about. So you, so Dr. Susan, when someone say, you know, just give an example, someone has a chronic disease, their, their oral hygiene isn't the best. What would you recommend for someone who wants to get back on track? Like they're trying to get their health back on track. They want to get their oral hygiene back on track. Um, what are some basic things they can do to, to kind of jumpstart their hygiene health or their oral health? Okay. You know what? The first thing I like to tell people and I like to share with them is be f- re-familiarize yourself with your mouth because a lot of people aren't, don't even, aren't even familiar, especially if you have a chronic illness, because you want to be able to know what's normal for you or not normal for you. So that if there's a change in between going to the dentist you'll be able to pick it up and maybe call your physician or call your dentist and say, I think something's going on. So that would be the first thing I like to do is I like to go through with the patient some basics so they can get comfortable. Uh, there's even, um, uh, there's another organization that has like a wellness, a oral wellness roadmap, but there's a lot of ways to just show the patient how to make little notes, just like you do a, a blood pressure check periodically and you're supposed to do a breast cancer check and you check your skin. We need to be doing the dental self-exam. That would be my first step is to, edu- is to educate them on that. And then I would also then give them a little information on if they're taking a medication or if they do have a chronic illness, how it might affect their mouth. So they will know what to kind of look for so that, they don't wait so let's say the end of the year and come in and find out something has really deteriorated. So that would be the, on the first step. The second thing after that, of course, would be healthy eating changes would be some of the things that I would suggest to the patients. I like to, you know, get just like a little overview of what they're eating and not eating. And, and we can make some adjustments there. Um, cause that, that makes a big difference. And especially if you have dry mouth and, or other kinds of problems going on. So the oral right. health thing would be where I would focus the, um, the nutrition and the education. And then I could show, you know, then of course, making sure they're brushing properly. We have, I have so many patients that come in and they're brushing, you know, the tips of the teeth are scrubbed clean. Near the gum line, <laughs> it's so important. It's, yeah. it's you know, there's a lot of plaque. Make going, making sure that they have the proper techniques to brush and floss. I also like to 
give people information on things that they can make themselves to get away from using a lot of these mouthwashes because mm. some of these mouthwashes are, they're not healthy for the mouth. And there's been some studies that show some mouthwashes, especially for diabetics, aren't all that great. So I like, you know, there's some supportive things that they could do, simple things that they could do, but a lot what does go around the food and the education piece. Cause I find once a person is says, okay, you know what? I'm ready to take on this oral health thing. Just giving that patient some education or if they go online, there's a lot of information. They certainly can reach out to me or others like me if they have questions about how they, how they should proceed, how they should start. But those would be my basics. First to take a look in your mouth and make some notes of what you see is, are your gums red? Do you, are you, are you noticing that some of your teeth are loose? Um, I have patients who their teeth have drifted, but you know, of course they don't realize it until there's a lot of spacing in between the teeth. So I would ask them Mm -hmm. to do those kinds of things, just noting some basics that's, that's going to be their baseline. So let's say they got diagnosed with diabetes this month. This would be the month to start your, your baseline, look in your mouth and make your notes Keep it with your other records. A lot of diabetics have um, little log books of how they're managing their sugar and all that stuff. They can make a little note in there um, if they see, you know, anything that they see that's abnormal or what they see that's normal. And every few months, take a look in there again. Those 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 would be my recommendations. Nice, and, and you know something I was just thinking about too is. What about those times where, like, like for example, those patients are those people who have, who are on maybe like antidepressants or some kind of medication that may cause, you know, dry mouth or may, may affect their oral hygiene negatively, you know, is, is there something they can do? Is there like maybe talking to their physician about switching their, their medication? Like what is someone in that situation, how do they approach their oral hygiene? Yeah. Yeah, well, there's a couple of things, you know, for patients that are struggling with depression, um, oral health is one of the things that does suffer, you know, uh, depending on, you know, how they're feeling. So that the, some of the self-care things, especially um, oral health, oral hygiene, if a person is struggling, is something that, you know, becomes a challenge for some of them. But, but past that, a lot of those medications do dry the mouth out. And first, just bringing the patient's awareness to, okay, this is something that could happen because of this medication. So to be aware. And for these people, diet is very, very important. A lot of these, a mm-hmm. lot of folks that have dry mouth, because the mouth is so dry, they're trying to put things in the mouth to you know, produce some saliva. And, and, and I have patients who would suck on hard candies, you know, thinking that it's going to help them to produce saliva, but you're letting that, that's the worst thing they can do because your mouth is dry. The saliva is a protector. It's a buffer. It's a buffer for the acids and everything in your mouth. So without the saliva, the acids from all those sugars have a direct contact, you know, to, to all of your structures in your mouth. 
There's nothing to buffer it if that saliva is uh, not to the level that it should be. So the diet for them, making sure like sugar content, um, juices, those kinds of things would be a no-no. And for these people, the dental self-exam is very important because they're very susceptible to developing cavities, even with the best oral hygiene. So they have to really look in their mouths and take some, say, take notes. We have to catch their problems early because not only do they develop cavities, they, they, they become very extensive very quickly. So they do need to make sure they're checking in their mouths. They have to really change their diets, drinking more water, but definitely changing their diets. And they should have a relationship with, with a dentist so they could, even on top of all of that, they need to get checked to make sure there's nothing hidden anywhere. And like I was saying, for those types of patients, a small cavity become, can become large very quickly. But, but for them, yeah, there's a lot of medications out now that dry the mouth. Now, there are things like um, biotin. There's different lubricants because you, you have a lot of people now who dry mouth is a, big, is a big problem. You've got patients who've had cancer treatments and different things where they also suffer from dry mouth. And um, so biotin is a product and they've, it comes in different forms. There's a gel, there's a, like a rinse. Uh, like that, that, that they can use to help to replenish. There's other saliva replenishing types of substances too, that, that they can also use to, to try to combat that horrible dry desert, uh, you know, feel they have, but also be protective to the mouth. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for the information and some really good information for, for people out there. What you got going on, you know, and if people wanted to reach out to you, uh, where can they found, find you? Sure. Well, I actually, I'm, I'm going to be doing a webinar where I'll be sharing a little more details for health professionals that want to start incorporating oral health into their practices, you know, holding their hands and kind of introducing them. So I have a webinar coming up. I'm going to, um, we have three dates uh, for that, I'll share the the link with you. But um, on saveasmiles.com is a, is a website that I have in addition to my healthy living website. But this is a devoted totally to oral health, and they can go there if they want to have information they want to share with their patients or just get some basic information on there. I have a lot of information on how oral health is connected up to some of these chronic illnesses that we talked about goes into a little more detail. Um, and there's tools on there as well that hopefully would be help, would helpful be helpful for them to share with their patients the the um, oral health roadmap you could, they can download, which is like a little postcard and, and then the patient can kind of mark you know what they're seeing in their mouth periodically. So there's some things like that on there and then the webinar is coming up. So if people want to just email me if they have questions, about how to handle their, some of their patients or uh, they have they want to share a little bit about their office and how they might be able to incorporate oral health into their office better. I would love to talk about those things too. But yes, so if they email me, 
at info at sevalife.net. And that's S-E-V-A-L-I-F-E dot net, info at sevalife.net. I will send out a link for the scheduler for the webinar. It's coming up the beginning of August, so they still have time. And um, I'll be able to share some more specifics with them and get everybody going on incorporating oral health into their practices. Awesome. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for your time um, and for your the information and your knowledge. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. See you next time. <laughs>